Blog Talk Radio. Uh, they still won't let uh, 
the mail carriers or UPS or anybody, you know, they have to drop things off at the front door. They can't even come in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you ready to talk a little bit of Star Trek, Leslie? So, uh, Leslie uh, sent me a message, an IM message yesterday, and uh, we're always trying to come up with something to talk about on the show, uh, and we always we always end up talking about Planet of the Apes, so we're, we're definitely going to go there tonight, but um, one of the things that we decided, Leslie said, how about we talk about sex and how sex sells, and I said, yeah, that's, that's a great idea, Leslie, so the topic of tonight's show is going to be sex sells. And if you think about it uh, in terms of Star Trek, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of a hypocritical when you think about it because Star Trek is all about the infinite diversity and infinite combinations and um, inclusion of people. And yet uh, on Star Trek, we'll start with, with the original Star Trek and we'll work our way up. For the original Star Trek, they saw fit to have men wear pants and women running around in, in little mini skirts, practically wearing nothing. And that's where it all started. It was right there in the, in the yeah. 60s. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in the first pilot where Major Barrett was number two in command, uh, she wasn't wearing a mini skirt. She was fully dressed and, and I think that's part part of the reason why the first pilot didn't sell the series was, like I say, there's a woman second in command, and and not that Major Baird isn't sexy. It was, you know, it was how she was dressed as number two. You know, it's like uh, in the menagerie, the cage, whatever you want to call it, when when they beam the three crew member women down. Uh, I can't remember the the youngest one's name. Um, the Folians say, you know, well, they're talking about Mayor uh, Majel. You know, she has this intelligence, and then whoever this young one was is that, you know, her youth and and her strong, whatever female urges or something, would make her good breeding stock. I mean, you know, it. Yeah. And there was that line when Susan Oliver is talking to Pike as Dina, and uh, he says to her something like, they even dress you in their own metallic fabric. And she says, well, I have to wear something, don't I? You know, there was a lot of sexism back then. Yeah, yeah. So, And it continued. So. It, it, we don't want to sound like we're picking on Star Trek because it was, you know, it, it was running rampant in the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s. We're gonna we're gonna go through it. But anyways, listen, yeah. guys, our phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. That's six four six 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 eight two. If you'd like to give us a call and join in this conversation or share your opinion, please give us a call and we'll get you right on the air. 
So uh, what if we? Why don't we? Why don't we get Planet of the Apes out of the way? What, what do you say we go there first? Oh, okay. Well, well, I still have to back it up. Um, you know, the studio system just came up with this formula way back in the 30s, you know, that men had to be handsome and virile, and women had to be, you know, uh, delicate. In fact, uh, even the makeup, usually the men had a darker makeup. If you really look, they're darker in color while women were lighter in color, maybe maybe to make them look like a porcelain doll or something. But anyways, so Planet of the Apes, I mean, Charlton Heston was was a superstar. I mean, you know, he played Moses, he was, um, uh, you know, he was always the lead. He was, uh, he was Ben-Hur. Um, uh, he was good looking and, uh, and, and the mute girl, Linda Harrison, she was, she actually won beauty contests. I mean, she, she didn't even really, I don't even remember if she said a line or if she might've went ah, 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 or something, anything like that. <laughs> I mean, she, she just was there in barely a costume and and that's the way uh men and women were represented in Planet of the Apes. I mean Zier and Cornelius yeah. they looked like chimps. I mean they wasn't that if you think it now that that's something that I didn't even think about. It was you know, the the ape makeup I gotta admit, other than the person's, the human's face, maybe made look, the prosthetics look a little bit different. Um, you know, the chimps look like chimps, the orangutans look like orangutans, and the gorillas look like gorillas. I mean, you really didn't. Uh, I think they perfected uh, prosthetics. Uh, you know, once you got to Star Trek, especially um, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. I mean, like I say, I used to be able to look at fellow stunt people, and even though they were dressed up as Jemadars or Klingons or whatever, I usually was able to tell who who it was. Anyways, and so yeah, now Plan- Planet of the Apes, you know, hunky superstar and and beauty queen. Now Leslie, I just thought of something interesting when you said that. With the with the exception of Zira, I don't recall ever seeing another female in the Planet of the Apes movies. We didn't see a female orangutan, we didn't see a female gorilla, and I don't think we saw any other female chimpanzees other than her. Do you remember if there was any? No, I you know that that that's a revelation too. No, they were n- I don't remember any female orangutans or any female gorillas. So in other words, you couldn't be a female gorilla warrior, which that was true about uh the military in the United States at that time. Women could not be 
part of the military. So I guess Planet of the Apes. You couldn't have a female gorilla. Yeah, I mean, of that. they obviously had one at home, but but no, there was no woman that rode a horse and was shooting the humans or capturing them. Um, when they had the court session, uh, the orangutans were all males. You know, the judges were all males. Yeah, and, and as you say, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there was a I take that back. When 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 he was running around. through the museum, there definitely was you get a you get paid out order. Oh, you're right. You're right. There was. There was there was a mother there with her child. Right. Right. Because Heston comes running through, and she grabs her child and gets out of the way. So there wasn't any, I'll say, another acting part, but there definitely was a female and a child. Anyway. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that was Planet of the Apes, and... And you go to the Batman series, and Adam West, not that he had a super uh, movie career. Actually, I, I actually love Robinson Crusoe, whatever it was called, Lands on Mars, or something in with Mars. I mean, I actually like that movie. Uh, you, you, you rarely see it nowadays, but... Um, Again, he was the leading he was the leading man and and when they finally introduced Bat Girl, now he's Bat Man, she's Bat Girl, not Bat Woman. Uh but uh, you know, she was she was dressed in a cat suit. You know, that's that's what they call the tight fitting um Usually one piece suit. I mean, <laughs> there's there's well, actually, no room I, I, for for a wrinkle or a, <laughs> for a bulge or whatever. <laughs> in this and case, then, I think it was a, a a bat suit because <laughs> she was she was bat girl, so it would be a bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of Julie Newmar, and Julie Newmar as Catwoman in her cat suit. I mean, this woman, this woman had a figure. I mean, she had like this teeny little waist and and, and was well proportioned above and below. <laughs> and you know what's funny? What's funny about that though, Leslie? I ran home from school every day. To watch Batman, it was on. I think it was on at four o'clock, or maybe three o'clock. Well, anyways, it was on when I got home from school. I would run home from school and watch Batman, and I never, as a kid, I never looked at at, at Catwoman or Batgirl and said, "Wow, they're really sexy." It never those that that never occurred to me. So, you know, why would they make these characters? Uh, you know, sexy like that when the, when their demographic audience, which which was me from school, 
weren't thinking about stuff like that. That doesn't make sense. Well, again, you come back to who buys the television set. It's not the child. It's the adult that buys the television set. So now you got to make a show adult appealing or adult friendly. I mean, you know, if if well, if the fathers come home from work and the mothers cooking dinner, <laughs> that's that's 1960. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I you're mean, right. Daddy wants to see Julie Newmar <laughs> in a cat suit. Yep, you're right. Right. Yep. Yeah, which is kind yeah, of interesting I, I, because, you know, uh, Julie Newmar, I forgot the name at the moment. I remember the episode in the original series. She was the pregnant woman in Friday's Child. So. So that's that's really right. She was the woman. Well, I say was pregnant in in the one episode she was in 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 the original Star Trek, and that's the famous uh, well, a couple famous lines is uh, something like "I'm not a doctor" or "I'm not an escalator, I'm a doctor." When he was trying to help her up the the rock ledge, <laughs> yep, I always like right. that. <laughs> or or when she started allowing him, the doctor, to touch her, uh, you know, Kirk says, how would you do that? And and, and Bone says, with a right cross. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think yeah, Kirk's I, answer know, was, oh, I got to remember that one. <laughs> I, I heard an interview with um, Kate Mulgrew, who played Captain Janeway, on Star Trek Voyager. And a lot of fans got upset with her because she accused, well, I don't want to say accused because it's true, but she made a comment um, during an interview that she thought that Star Trek was very sexist. And I think that's true. Um, if, If you look at Star Trek, I mean, Captain Kirk slept with every woman that showed up on the ship. Um, all the female characters wore practically no clothes. Oh, and think about uh, the two mud episodes, Mud Women and I Mud. You know, either he had the pill that made the three women sexy, or he had the, I don't know if they were androids or robots, but uh, other than the one that was his wife, I mean, the the girls... Well, in fact, the, all of them, other than Norman, all the other, like I say, robots or androids were women, sexy women. Right. Yeah, that was that was something that that I don't know if if I don't know if Gene Roddenberry did that on purpose or if that's the way the studio wanted it to be done, because it, it makes no sense that. The female crew members are running around in mini skirts. Uh, you know how is that productive for you know a Starfleet to operate if all the women are running around in mini skirts? Well, again, it's the mid to late sixties, and that that was the mini skirt time. I and the go-go boots. You know, 
Well, going back to that, is that like you say, is that uh, when Majel Barrett was dressed as number two, they didn't like it. But uh, Grace Lee Whitney as Ro- Yeoman ran in that little mini skirt, or, or uh, Michelle. I mean, well, as you say, all the women in those little teeny mini skirts. I mean. That's that was the again I'll call it that was the formula at the time. Um, yeah, that's that's what they did. Yeah, that's the yeah. way it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know when Majel became Nurse Chapel and had a blonde wig and was in a mini skirt, she was acceptable, but she was not acceptable as a brunette in. I'll call it a, a man's uniform or a, or a uniform that basically covered her up. I mean, uh, just the other night, uh, Space Seed was on. And, again, one of the loves of my life, Ricardo Montalban is con. Uh, well, Ricardo Montalban. I mean, this man was built from the time that he was a movie star in movies from the 40s, 50s, until he was con in the 60s, even as uh, uh, Mr. Rourke, um, even in Naked Gun. I mean, this guy had a body. <laughs> and And that's why, think about it, that's why they were able to dress con in this case, we're reversing it. That's why they were able to dress Khan in um, shirt tops that were open, that were revealing his chest. Kirk was never in a uh, – his shirt could get ripped and you'd see his shoulder, but you really never saw Kirk exposing the middle of his chest. Well, you'd see his girdle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, his shirt, no, his shirt like did come say, off quite, I, I quite frequently, if I recall. So, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Space Seed, and and for some, you know, I don't know. I guess I was trying to study it, and again, I mean, Khan's some of his costumes were, uh, you know, when they first find him on the sh- ship. He has like this netting over very minimal clothes. Uh, the, the, he's in his room in one scene, and he, and like I say, the the shirt that he's wearing is open in the front. I mean, th- there were some scenes where he was in a Starfleet uniform, or he was in, I don't know what you would call it, a, a, like a workman's jumpsuit uniform. But but again, <laughs> this guy was so built that that they could almost dress him like they were dressing the pretty girls. So, so I yeah, think that's one right. of the very rare episodes of... Uh, the original series where you had a character, I'll say a guest character, male, that was extremely sexy or handsome or the physique or whatever you want to say. 
Um, so listen, guys, we have to take our first commercial break for our listeners at Odyssey Radio. Our phone number here okay. is 646-668-2433. Give us a call. We'll get you on the air right after this very quick commercial break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Trek Talking, all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. We're talking about sex cells on Star Trek with the one and only Leslie Hoffman and yours truly, Uncle Jim. And we do have a caller on the line. Let me see if I can get my computer to work. Let me see. Hello. There we go. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello. Is that me? Yep. Yes. Sure is. Well, I'm, my name's Joy. Hello there, Leslie and Jim. Um, I, I am calling. You? Yes, I um, I am calling again because your topic is a hot one. With, um, I would think yes. Back then, everything was based on um, sexism. That was our culture at the time, and miniskirts were part of the fashion at the time. But basically, who was producing stuff? It was based on the men's view, and the women's view never counted. And in, in fact, now that you mentioned that, one of the one of the greatest uh, writers on Star Trek, of course, was D.C. Fontana. She was a female, but she wasn't allowed to use her name, so nobody knew she was a woman. So she wrote under the initials D.C., so nobody knew she was a woman. Oh, they wouldn't keep her right. otherwise. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely correct. <laughs> so and Leslie, yeah, the use she had. She had to use the formula that Star Trek wanted, so she couldn't write, let's say, a pro-woman story. No, but it's nice that we've had nope. very lots of strong women characters have been developed in Star Trek. That's one thing yeah. Star Trek special is they've always looked at strong characters and different ways of seeing life and people um, tackling racism and sexism and all that, but they did have their issues with being sexist. And let's, uh, our show is half over, believe it or not, Leslie, so let's jump up to TNG and talk about uh, some of the female characters on TNG and how they were handled versus TOS. Okay, so so going up to to Next Generation, I feel the character of Riker was, I'll say, the Captain Kirk of the series. He was the ladies' man. Um, And you had Troy. Well, in the first early episodes, she was in a miniskirt. In fact, uh, I think people would call her like the cheerleader. So then they changed her into a cat suit. I mean, not not quite as tight as... uh, um, you know, Batgirl and and uh, Catwoman, but but she still was wearing a one piece 
uniform that was, I'll say, well fitted to her body. You know, while absolutely well, it was interesting because the other women would be in the miniskirts, but. And one of the characters that I really liked on TNG when it first came out was Tasha Yar. She was the female head of security, and she had a a very uh, unfemale like role because Tasha Yar would kick your butt first and then ask your name later. And I really liked. I was like, wow, she's a really strong, powerful uh, female character, and she's right on the bridge. In fact, at that time, she was above war. Until yeah, she left I mean, was, the show. Right. I was going to say it was very unfortunate that she thought there were bigger and better things out there, and she left the show. I mean, she was the head of security, and like I say, after she left the show, they put uh, Worf in charge of security. Which was I good mean, for she me as a, as a Worf fan, but... She could have been a real game changer if she had just stayed on. Um, yep, I agree. Now, there was an episode, moving, though, uh, called, um, um, uh, I think Haven might have been the title, where the women ran the whole the whole show, and they beamed down there, and Riker shows up wearing this, this um, half-cut, like, yeah. sexy... <laughs> Blue thing with his chest exposed or something. I don't. I think it was Haven. Yeah, and he had an earring and. <laughs> yeah, that's the episode. I thought you yep. were going to talk about the one with um, the planet. Um, uh, excuse my political correctness, but I thought you were going to talk about the one uh, where the planet were black people. And you thought the male was in charge, but it turned out that it was the females that owned the land. And there was right. a big fight between the wife and Tasha Yar. Yeah, that's the episode where we thought Tasha was going to die, but they they pulled a bait and switch on us and killed her in the next episode. <laughs> but <laughs> I I think I think the one character though, Doctor Crusher, I think remained. Dr. Crusher uh, through the whole time. I don't recall them putting her, well, she wore the doctor's robe, the uh, coat, and I don't remember uh, well, the, um, I, 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 when she would have breakfast with Picard, uh, she might be in a different costume, not necessarily a doctor's costume all, all the time, but but she also was a mother, so you know, they weren't going to make her, I guess they weren't going to make her super sexy. Right. She, I, I feel that she was, Dr. Crusher was definitely uh, given the respect of a doctor. Um, I don't think that they went out of their way to make her overly sexy and, and by putting her in any suits or anything like that. I think she was treated like a doctor pretty much the whole time. Yeah. I do recall an episode where her and Troy were uh, doing aerobics and they were wearing one piece, piece bathing suits or something. We're going way back. Right. Okay. Yeah. They they were in. Uh, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, anyways, I think, uh, I think you're right. Time is ticking away here. <laughs> 
if we go up to DS9, um, I don't know. Again, I think the ladies' man was Bashir, or at least he was trying to be the ladies' man. Um, uh, but things are starting to change. I mean, you had intelligent women like Kira and Jadzia Dax, but uh, they still were, again, it, it was one-piece suit. Um, I mean, there were there were episodes that Dax was definitely <laughs> in revealing costumes, but but at least they had intelligence. And, and I mean, again, well, I want to say that I really uh, uh, the character that I thought was really awesome on Deep Space Nine, which kind of goes back to TNG, was Major Kira, because again. She was like a Tasha Yar type where Major Kira would kick your butt first and then ask later what you're doing. She didn't take any crap from anybody, Cardassians, Klingons, Romulans. She didn't care, you know. She'd kick your butt 15 ways till Tuesday. So, I, you know, I, I really liked her character. And she was an ex-terrorist. Um, I, I don't recall them ever putting her in anything yeah. super sexy, other than the, the suit, that, the, the uniform that she always wore. But I don't remember them putting her in anything other than that. Maybe a Starfleet uniform. Yeah. I have one scene. It was one scene for Kira that um, they did with a holograph thing where they made her look very sexy, and then they stuck uh, the... Frangie's head on it. Oh, well, that's right. She went on the holodeck with uh, with Jadzia. Yeah. I, I, yes, they went to the the Hubuvian baths or something like that. I don't remember about that. Um, it was like also that. her yeah. alternate character from the alternate reality. Oh, yes, the intendant. Yes. Uh, how could I forget her? <laughs> You're right. You're right. But Jadzia, though, Jadzia, they, uh, they they had her in the bathing suit where we could see how far the spots went down. Uh, she, in her wedding dress when she married Worf, and, of course, later on when they killed her, um, Jadzia got to wear a lot of different costumes, too. But, again, I think, I think the female characters were treated uh, much better on DS9 I think than they were on TOS definitely yeah. and to some extent on TNG as well because Dax was very smart she was very intelligent and um, character she wasn't afraid of her sexuality or the fact that she was a woman or a man she was a man seven times I believe she said <laughs> There you go, is that she was, It's well, I'm kind of jumping ahead and then I'll go back. It's the whole thing about, like, fight scenes, is that if you were a absolute human woman, you could not fight. If you were an alien woman, you could fight. So Jedzia could fight, uh, Kira could fight, because you had a trill, and plus, Jezia used to be Kirzon, um, and and uh, 
Akira was was Bajorn. Yep. Now, um, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of Chase Masterson, who played Lita. She definitely was just a sex symbol, period. I mean, she didn't really uh, do anything. She was a Dabo girl. Right. Well, she wasn't in Starfleet. <laughs> I was just going to say it is that. So the women that were in Quark's bar were basically naked. In fact, in fact, uh, <laughs> yep. when when uh, some stuntmen were working on Deep Impact, that was the day that I went over there and I'm dressed up as uh, Torres, and and these stuntmen are saying to me. I hear that there are these women on Deep Space Nine that are barely dressed. And I said, yeah, I'll take you over to the set. And I took two of the stuntmen from Deep Deep Impact over to the set. And we went up, uh, well, I brought them into Stage 18, and we went up on the second floor of of the promenade so we could look down into Quark's bar <laughs> to have them see <laughs> the, the Dabo girls. <laughs> I don't know. There was a whole other life at Paramount. <laughs> I, wow. I mean, it wasn't just <laughs> what was going on the set. <laughs> well, let's, let's jump but, up to, I think, is the ultimate example that we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to have others, but I think this is the prime example. Let's jump up to a show that you were on. You just mentioned Voyager. Now, Voyager okay. had a female captain in Catherine Janeway, and she definitely was again, the captain. not allowed I mean, they, to fight like a man. But they didn't, they didn't resort to sexualizing Captain Janeway, not that I recall. Um, yeah, I don't. My, I really don't remember. I know that Q wanted uh, to mate with her and things like that, but I, I don't remember that many costume changes on on Janeway. Now, Belana um, Torres, your character was pretty much a Klingon, and I don't recall them sexualizing. Over sexualizing Balana either, I think not that, that I recall. Actually, that was Roxanne's doing. Um, again, we need to back up a little bit here. Um, you know, they had Jennifer Lean as Kess. She just didn't work out, and whatever reason, because there's so many rumors why they got rid of her. Uh, they actually asked Roxanne to be sexier. They wanted to they did want to dress her sexier. And she actually refused. And then she just happened to get pregnant right after that. I mean she made sure that they weren't gonna force her in to uh a sexier situation. So and once that, she was Leslie, pregnant brings me that brings us right to the point here. In my opinion one of the best characters uh, on maybe on Star. Oh, I don't want to say all of Star Trek, but she's a really good character. One of my favorite characters, and not for the reasons you might think, but Seven of Nine. Um, I love her character. However, she definitely was there for sex appeal. There's no doubt about it. 
I mean, if her, tight, if, her, yeah. if her suit got any tighter and she ate a pea, you would see it. I oh, mean, well, that, in fact, I already <laughs> posted on the uh, appreciation page uh, the horrors of the suit she was in. I mean, she could not bend over. She could not breathe. I mean, uh, if she did actually bend or something, the suit would rip. And it would take them like over an hour to to mend the suit. I mean, it was now the the, the character. And then herself, actually, though. if if Joy is there, I was going to I was I'm actually here. going to say what Joy said to me uh, was. I'll let you tell me is tell me about a Borg. Yeah, why would a Borg wear high heels? Totally impractical. Yeah, it's just, I, I think that the character herself was brilliant. Um, yeah, the character was great, the but why, why they I, had to dress her in high heels? Yeah, just just for sex appeal, no other reason. I mean, it was for yeah. the men, uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the, the character, I felt, was, was outstanding because here they took the enemy of the Federation, the most hated villains, the, the the characters race that we feared the most and hated the most, and took one of them and put them in the crew, and we got to learn and through her eyes, the humanity through her eyes, and watch her discover her humanity, particularly with the holographic doctor, which I thought was a great story arc, a hologram teaching a Borg how to be human. And I just thought that whole character was... Was, was was phenomenal. Uh, uh, suit withstanding, I mean, you know, the character itself, because it could have been a flop if she was nothing more than just a sex symbol. I don't think it would have worked, but Jerry Ryan's character really had a lot to it besides just the sexy body and the suit. Well, actually, I now think. this brings up a, another question. Well, you know, um, wouldn't you say... Ninety-nine point nine percent of the Borgs were men. I mean, there was the Borg Queen. There was seven of nine. Um, how many other female Borgs were there? Well, that's that's a that's a good question because Borgs. Um, I, I I guess Borgs are asexual. I guess um, drones are are, are like. Are like bees. They're just a drone. They're not. They're not female or male. They just do what they're told. And um, the only time I, in, in first contact, they they assimilated a bunch of female uh, Federation crew that we saw, um, that they showed us. And I think that's the only time, actually. Yeah. Well, it comes to mind. Just knowing, just knowing who Dennis hired when they needed Borgs, he always hired men. There was never, he never hired a stunt woman as, other than stunt doubling Seven of Nine, he never hired, I'll call it a nondescript female Borg. They, I remember you know, Borg female. In um, the episode where they had an, another reality, the board could escape into a mind reality, and there were women there. 
And in the board children they saved, some of them were little girls. Oh, okay. That's right. You're right. Uh, there was that episode where Chakotay got uh, assimilated into this this Borg, uh, was it Unimatrix Zero maybe? But, yeah, there yes. was this other realm. And when they went yes. there, they, they yeah. lost their Borg armor and became the person they were before they got assimilated. And there was, there was kids and women and all kinds of, of alien races hanging out in this, I don't know, dream world, I guess you want to call it? Yes. I don't recall yeah, the name of the so episode, though. In the conscious, another consciousness. And the four children right. they saved from a board ship, there were little girls. There was a couple little girls in that. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, yep. There was two. And then, and then I feel, again, talking about men, I feel Tom Paris was the outgoing ladies' man, and and I feel Chakotay was sort of the silent type ladies' man, if that makes any oh, sense. I, <laughs> I, I think. I think Chakotay was the captain's man in a in a uh, uh, a, a psychological way. I I don't and please, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall seeing Chakotay really go on a date with anybody. They flirted with the seven of nine Chakotay stuff at the end of the series, but for the most part, I think he was Captain Janeway's like uh, shoulder all the time. He was her strength. I, the way I looked at it, anyways, um, they kind of leaned on yeah. each other. Well, there was an episode. I don't know if they became amphibians or something, but uh, Janeway and Chakotay supposedly made it. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, then there was. They that. become human and they go back to the ship, but there might have been some a child or something left on the planet or it, it's been so long since I've seen that episode, but I, you know, I feel that happened. Uh, I see time ticking away. So let me, I got, I'm well, sorry. I, I didn't you, watch enterprise. Uh, I really why don't, we, um, don't want to start going into all the different movies. So that, no, let's, us let's stop it. Let's stop it right here. And we will do Sex Cells Part 2 because we still have Enterprise to talk about and to Paul. And then we're going to start getting into Discovery and, and, you know, Lower Decks. And we got Picard where we'll talk about Seven again. And we have some we have some other shows and the movies to get about to talk about. And rather than trying to squeeze them into the next five minutes, uh, I think maybe we should do Sex Cells Part 2 so we can talk about them a little bit more than just mentioning their name. What do you think? Okay. Well, I want to quickly say that in the cartoon Lower Decks, I feel Jack Ransom is sort of a caricature of of uh, Captain Kirk, you know, the man's man, except that... Oh, my God. <laughs> I, <laughs> when we reviewed, when we were doing the review for Lower Decks on Trek Talking, one of the clips I, okay. that I played on on the uh, on the show was the clip that I fell off my couch laughing when when everybody finds out that um, that uh, Mariner is the captain's daughter and they call Ransom into the office and and Captain Freeman says to Mariner, "I want you to be hard on her 
And he says, I could be hard. I could be hard on her. I could be as hard as you want. I could get hard right now if you want me to be hard. Oh, my God. I was just I was laughing. I was like, oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> the way they played the scene and the way it was inferred, I was just laughing so hard. I love that show. <laughs> I love Lower Deck. So huge fan. Yeah, just, well, because we are running out of time, is that um, Joy homeschools um, and and she's using Star Trek. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but she's using Star Trek to help teach. I don't know. I'd rather let Joy say it. I do homeschool, but I think I haven't used Star Trek for teaching other than discussing many topics that come up, which I think they do bring up good topics in a really great way, which I think is what makes Star Trek really awesome. Um, So we've had a lot of good discussions about um, some of our own issues in the the real world right now with how they treat different people of different orientations and races and everything because it's an issue that comes up in many of the Star Treks. And so I've used that there. You know what, Joy? Way back a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I, I, uh, wrong, wrong show, but okay. Yeah. Before, uh, before my daughter was born, who's 26 now, that's how long ago, I was asked to do an after-school program at elementary school based on Star Trek. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? So I picked an episode that you might be familiar with. It's an episode called Ethics, where Worf has a drum fall on his back and he gets a broken back and he wants he wants to have Riker kill him because it's the Klingon way. Remember yes. that episode? I do. And what I, I did do. was I had I had seven students sign up for my class and I came in dressed up as a Klingon. And all the teachers all were pointing and talking about how weird I was and I said, That's the point I want to make. I walked in here, and you immediately judged me based on what I'm wearing. I said, you judged yeah. me. You prejudged me before you gave me a chance. We, we, we watched the episode, and I said to each one of the kids, who's your favorite character? Okay, I want you to watch this episode as your character. And after we're done, explain to me why the character did what they did, and if you agree with it or didn't agree with it, and what you would have done different. And you know what? They loved it so much that my my after-school classes filled up the quickest, and they asked me to come back again and again and again <laughs> because kids kids have have minds like sponges, and you might think a lot of this stuff goes over their heads. No, and that it doesn't. Just, but no, it does not, and they can catch on. They can understand racism if you're talking about Klingons and Romulans a lot easier than they can in reality, I think. I think and not even just racism, but you think about the Ferengi and how they do business and who's profiting and who should yep. profit. Those are all discussions that come up, and that's something we do with our reality right now, too. I, I love Star Trek for that reason, and I, I've done the same thing that you're talking about in after-school programs. You pick Star Trek episodes and discussed it with the kids, and some of the things that the kids would pull out of those episodes, Wow. Children are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, we we are out of time. And, and Joy, I just wanted to say that. Um, I know it's incredible. We'll, we'll continue this conversation next week. But I did wanna I did wanna say that I myself and my admins try as hard as we can to keep Trek talking a safe place for Star Trek fans to go. We're really really big on that. And so with over 40,000 people, it's hard for us to monitor every single comment on every single post. We try. I try oh, to read I them all. I understand that. We, some, we, I've been dealing with um, being online for the last four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does yeah, that say I, something? I, I re- <laughs> dealing with the reality of what we've just dealt with? <laughs> if, if something, if, if, something if, if, if myself or one of my admins misses something, all you need to do is send us an IM at our page, and we will deal with it immediately. Because we don't Thank like you. anybody on our page to feel that they're, that they're not welcome, to feel like they're being attacked, assaulted, or bullied in any way, and we will deal with it immediately. Absolutely immediately. We don't put up with it at all. We no, I just found that it, with dealing with so much for the last four years, it's just like at some point, like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And it was, it's nice to be on your spot where it's like, oh, gosh, I don't have to deal with so much stupid. And no, we, we, we do hate. try to um, we, we try to limit it and make it safe. Uh, uh, fans are entitled to their opinion, and it's hard sometimes to draw the line as to where, um, where have you crossed the line. So, um, but, but I did want to tell you personally that, that we pride ourselves on that, and I think that's why – we're gaining about 2,000 new people a week is because on these other Star Trek pages, they just go on there and they're just, they just, uh, they're just without mercy and, you know, attacking this one, attacking that one. And, um, well, we don't, I don't allow that on our page. I, I don't, I know a lot of people love Philly because of the way the character is written and other people don't. And that's okay, but if you come on the page and you start making comments about her, personal comments, or things about the character that that go beyond the character, I'll delete your message immediately. So I just wanted you to know that. Um, I read your post, and I agree with it, and we try our best to try to make it as safe and, and, you know, welcoming to members from all over the different communities. Um, I wonder if it was you that commented back, so just said administrator. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. If, if, yes, if you get it, if you, if it would have been me. I saw your post. Um, sometimes I'll click out of Trek talking and respond as myself. People have accused me of hiding behind the administrator, but I will step out from Trek talking and respond to people as myself. Or I'll tell you right up front, I'm the administrator. This is my board. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you're here, that you're part of our family. And if you ever have a problem or something slipped by, don't hesitate to let me know because I'll deal with it. I want people to feel safe and confident and be able to, to talk about what they want to talk about without repercussions from um, idiots, I guess I want to say. You know? uh, so, yeah, so thank you for coming along for the ride, and we're doing our best to try to make sure that everybody – has a good time on Trek Talking. Thank you both. Oh, there you go. Good night. <laughs> and guess, <laughs> guess what, Leslie? Good night. We're out of time. <laughs> good night. Thanks for calling, Joy. Thank you. So Leslie, Bye. 
Next week, we will continue Sex Cells Part 2. Uh, we have Enterprise to talk about. We have Star Trek Discovery to talk about, Star Trek Picard to talk about, Star Trek Lower Decks. We also have a uh, few episodes of Short Treks to throw in there. And maybe we'll save the movies for another episode if we don't get around to the movies. Maybe. We'll see. You're going to have to help me out on the movies. You have them more memorized than I do. So we'll be back next Sunday, same bat time, same bat channel, with Sex Cells Part 2. So you guys don't want to miss that. And our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Put it in speed dial. Give us a call. Join the conversation like Joy did. We'd love to hear from you guys. And we're out of time. Uh, You can join myself. Go ahead, Leslie. Just remember, whoa, 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 whoa. Just remember, daylight savings time is going to be next Sunday. That's right. We got to change our clocks. Yep. So we'll be on an hour later. <laughs> no. Yeah. Spring ahead. No. Fall back. No. Spring ahead. Spring ahead. <laughs> so. Yep. Spring ahead. But uh, listen, you guys, right. head over to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. Say hello to Leslie. Uh, if you have a question or a comment or something you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, you can head on over there, make your comments. And if you have a question for Leslie, please head over there and ask her. Leslie's really good at getting back to people, so please do that. Um, check me out and my my uh, Trek spurts on Thursday night at 7:30 on Trek Talking. Myself, Charles, and Eric. We're going to be interviewing. Josh Dirksen, who is the creator, one of the game designers of Star Trek Alliance, the Dominion War campaign. And I have to give I have in my hand to give away a USS Excelsior expansion pack to a lucky caller. So if you're interested in getting your hands on that ship, if you're interested in Star Trek Alliance, which is an attack wing type uh, cooperative game, uh, you want to tune in Thursday night and give us a call and see if you can win that ship. So, Leslie... That's it. We're done. We we blew through another hour. We got our Planet of the Apes in, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back next week with Sex Cells Part 2. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. It's great to have you. Thanks to Joy for calling. And, of course, thank you to the one and only Leslie Hoffman, because without you, we'd have no Trek. So thank you, Leslie. Uh, you're welcome. Again, I just enjoy talking about Star Trek. There's so it's much always fun. There's so much to talk about. There is. There absolutely is. And we will be back next Sunday, daylight savings time, as Leslie said. I'm your host, Uncle Jim, saying be safe, be good to each other. Good night, everybody. Hailing frequencies are closed. Let's see what's out there. Engage. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.